Hi. Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. And today we get to interview somebody very, very special. It's been a while since I've done an interview, and I am really excited to introduce you to my friend, my dear friend, Megan Owen. So welcome, 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 Miss Megan. Oh, thank you. I am so happy to be here, Heather. So we've, been talking, we've been talking about doing this for a while, and we're finally doing it. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I it can't. took us a good year to connect. Yeah. I can't even think of the last time I did an interview, but this is one that I have been wanting to do, so I'm really glad that it worked out in our schedule. So Megan and I were first introduced to each other when I enrolled in the Give Her Wings Academy, which she originally founded Give Her Wings and the Academy, so... Everything that has come out of Held and Healed and this podcast, all of that was because of Give Her Wings. So big, big mm-hmm. shout out because that wow. gave me such a foundation for understanding the dynamics of abuse within faith communities and then introduced me to probably like 40 some different human beings who are mm-hmm. incredibly, you know, warriors in this fight. So Why don't you tell people what you're up to now, nowadays? Heather, what an honor to be here and an honor to hear that Give Her Wings Academy propelled you to do the incredible work you are doing now. I just love watching uh, all of the advocacy services that you are providing and the work you're doing in your nonprofit. It really is incredible. And I love that we are partnering now in so many different ways. Um, So after I passed the torch for the nonprofit Give Her Wings to the next executive director, uh, I did some more studies, worked to continue certifications here and there, and then started my own practice. I knew it was time. God was very clear. And so I founded Mountain City Christian Counseling, and there are now five of us. Uh, helping women mostly, but we also work with men. Mm -hmm. Um, We specialize in trauma and under that category, specialize in religious trauma and uh, abuse in all forms, spousal abuse, spiritual abuse, institutional abuse. Mm. We use the modality of developmental needs meeting strategy Rochelle and I are both certified in that particular modality. That's an ego state therapy that is, uh, it's designed for those with complex PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's why I chose it. I was very intentional and it also invites the spiritual. So um, obviously we are a Christian counseling center. So if people want Jesus to be a part of that, DNMS facilitates that very easily And then, of course, I do EMDR for trauma survivors, and we do talk therapy. I'm, I know I'm, this is long-winded, but we have several groups as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Elle Arders just joined our team, and she is a specialist in parental alienation. Uh, We have Heather, who runs 
spiritual processing groups for those who are deconstructing. Which is not this Heather. A lot of people get confused, but it's not this Heather. Not this Heather. It's a different Heather. Right. We call so in this in this arena, I will call her the other Heather. The other Heather. Right. And then when we're in staff meeting, we refer to you as the other Heather. Just you have to keep it straight. Right. Right. So That's the good. other Heather runs spiritual processing groups for those who are deconstructing and reconstructing their faith. These, Mm. these uh, women have been spiritually abused and have a lot to unravel and then to build up again. So we do that. And then we have crisis groups, which you actually helped me see the need for that. Um, And, and L Arders is going to be running those crisis groups, which start in, I think they start tomorrow. Goodness. Wow. Wow. Right. And then in January, Rochelle will be doing crisis groups for children. That's amazing. That's right. A, yeah, that's a need. Yeah. So lots going on. Lots, lots of need. It's it's amazing. And I know that I check in with you from time to time just to make sure you're still breathing, right? <laughs> because the amount right. of clients and the amount of hours, like, it, and yeah. it's intense. I know it's very, very intense. So I yeah. am super excited that we're partnering together. So for anyone who isn't familiar, the Honor Project Movement is the nonprofit that I launched this this year, this summer. And we are partnering with Megan to bring um, these DV crisis response groups to women that are inside of my group. So mm-hmm. we run one at a time and we wait for the funds to be available to run the next one. Uh, we've just found that the cost of one-on-one and the amount of people that we have that need counseling is yeah. so, it's just a huge, a huge need. And so we just put our heads together and said, let's do these groups because mm-hmm. there is the extra added benefit of creating community. And hopefully mm-hmm. when you're done with your group, you have another sister or two that you can link arms with and continue on your journey. We're not, we can't mm-hmm. promise you'll be besties, but it might happen. Yeah. And, yeah, it could happen. And so it's, it's just been amazing to see um, how this idea that just came from this need. And that's, you know, yes. I talk about that all the time. See a need, fill a need, put your head together with somebody else, um, <laughs> you know, sh- just brainstorm until you come up with an idea that works. Because I would love to provide one-on-one care for everyone, but right. it's, not, it's not economical. It's not feasible. And you, as the provider, you don't have that many hours in a day. Right. So for you to do the more of the group, you know, you're helping more people at one time. Mm-hmm. So it is a blessed thing. I did not know in March of 2020 when I started Give Her Wings. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. no idea where this was going to go. But I, every mm-hmm. lesson, every time I heard you interview somebody, I was seeing the faces of countless women that I personally knew. Mm-hmm thinking mm-hmm. she needs to hear this. She needs this message right. she needs to be introduced to this resource. And mm-hmm. that's why I created a Facebook group and it's just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, in a good way snowballed from there. So why don't you share a little bit of your story? Because this is not something that most people just stumble into, right? Right. <laughs> it's not it used- something that most people just wake up and are like, Hey, I would really like to serve the domestic violence population. But for most right. of us, it comes from our own story. So whatever you are comfortable sharing. Um, Absolutely. I'm happy to share. It used to be very, very public. Um, and somehow just over the past 10, 11, 12 years, those things have sort of faded away. Um, but I was definitely in crisis probably between 2000. Eight and 2012. 
And 2012 was the year that I founded Give Her Wings. So I, you know, like a true nonprofit leader, as you know, I just heard you say, Heather, I just heard you say, um, I'm all about seeing where the gaps are and filling it. And that's why nonprofit leaders are so super special because it takes that type of person to say, here's a need. We need to do something and we need to help. And that's truly being Jesus, in my opinion. And so I saw the need because I actually was a woman who escaped abuse from a different country with four littles. Mm. And when I got back to the United States, I had $100 in my pocket. Wow. I had no home. And I left my ex-husband because of extreme abuse. And, you know, all abuse is extreme. I don't even know why I say it that way. Um, But it was just abuse in every area. I was a shell. I was an absolute shell. I was so brainwashed that I literally believed that I was going to hell for leaving my marriage. Um, But obviously we know better now, but I was thinking I could give my children a chance to go to heaven. That's where you were willing. You were willing to go to hell if it meant your kids could escape hell. Exactly. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful way to say it. The heart of a mama, you know? Yeah. 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 And I wish that I had had the stability to do it for me, but that's not where we are a lot of times when we leave abuse. And I love how you just said that, Heather. Mm -hmm. So I was in crisis and I had very little support. I had maybe one or two lone wolves who were telling me that I had done the right thing, but there was tremendous pressure from my church home, from my own family of origin, from him, from his family. There was harassment Mm. to the point of years later, I had to send cease and desist letters to my own family members to leave me alone about this. Um, but I started from scratch. I started from nothing, lost everything, lived in poverty with my children, uh, for a year and started from nothing. I mean, really from nothing. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't find Christians who didn't have some sort of felt ulterior motive for talking to me because they held marriage as an institution above the lives of my children and myself. And my faith was hanging by a thread. And there was something in me that said, you know what? I am not going to let him take that too. Mm. And so that year I spent doing my own deconstruction. This was 2011. And in 2012, I had a vision for a Christian group that would not allow women like myself to fall through the cracks, Mm. but also her children, because I don't know if people know this, but in scripture, God never separates widows and orphans. Mm. He keeps them together as a unit, serve the widow and orphans. And that's, I believe that women who have to leave abuse who have no other choice. Yes. I mean, this is not, this is an agonizing decision, possibly the hardest decision we will ever make in our lives. And so I believe that um, they are spiritual widows and orphans. And so I I agree 100%. And I did not Mm -hmm. know you back in 2008, Mm 9, I did not know you back in the day when I went to leaders in my life Mm. and I used that term and I was laughed at. 
I used the term wow. spiritual widows and I was laughed mm. at because they did not believe that's what that meant. But I am just so comforted to know mm-hmm. that other people see that as a legitimate demographic. <laughs> and so many of us fall into that. Right. Right. But it's yeah. not just it's not just widowed from our abusive spouses and families, but mm-hmm. also from our, our religious faith communities. It's, it's, mm-hmm. we get, we get completely cast aside. So yes, that absolutely. is absolutely the heart of the father. If you just know him, you know, he cares. <laughs> if you just yes. know him, you know that we are very dear to his heart and mm-hmm. for anybody to just set us aside and say that he doesn't care about us. They don't know the heart of the father. They really don't. I, I'm often reminded of the parable Jesus told about um, the talents, um, how he gives one to one servant. And then is it two or five to the second servant? I think so. Yeah. Two. I think it goes one, two, two, ten. Yeah. Something like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Well, in any case, the one who buried the talent said to the father, who is Jesus, right? The, Mm -hmm. the parable is about the father. Um, he says, I knew you were a harsh master. And Mm -hmm. so I, I buried the talent because I was afraid. And the King who comes back says, you thought I was a harsh master. Mm. So I think oftentimes we see the part, Um, the facet of, okay, we're supposed to take this talent he's given us and run with it. But we miss this other facet of this man who buried the talent didn't know the heart of the father. Yeah. This man who buried the talent thought that Jesus was a harsh man and he was cast out because he didn't know the heart of the father. And probably because his spiritual leaders were abusive and that's how they presented the heart of the father. Exactly. Exactly. They, they misrepresented him. And right. that's how many of us come to this place of thinking we're going to go straight to hell if we do X, Y, and Z. Exactly. And yeah. that's why we have these groups. And yes. I love how you yes. mentioned you mentioned, Heather, that it's affordable. So you work with a clinician. Yeah. And um, for the ones that are connected to um, your, your nonprofit, you work with me. Yes. Um, and so it's each, each woman has a chance to share a good 10 minutes, and then we all reflect. And then there's that little bonus of you know, I may be able to give some wisdom here and there or pull something out that maybe we didn't look at. And it's been interesting going through, um, as I've been writing this curriculum with our pilot group, um, the very first one that I did, um, (laughs) I was really sick when I created the video, the content. I was really sick in bed, no makeup, could barely talk, and I shared my story, my own story of crisis. Mm. And when we went back to sort of revamp and look at it for the next group that's coming out, the ladies on my team said, no, we need to keep that video uh-huh. because you, you're you just being raw and yeah. honest, and here I am, and I'm human, and I get sick, and I'm laying yes. in bed. And <laughs> yeah, no. so we kept it. We kept it. Good. The other ones are – so what we've been doing is after that one, we worked – um, are some of the topics have been cognitive dissonance because what I'm doing is I'm just remembering what it was like for me. Yes. I'm reading my memoir. I'm going back and saying, Oh my goodness, the cognitive dissonance, the crisis of faith. Mm. And then uh, after that, we've moved on. We, we actually did something on Advent because we're coming up on the holidays and mm-hmm. 
Christmas is hard. What do you do when you're in crisis and you Mm -hmm. have children and, Mm. you know, how can we get through that? And then we do boundaries, emotional reserve, finding glimmers, the nervous system, coping skills. Wow. Yeah. All of the things I wish that I had had. Yes. It's a 12, is it a 12 week course? It's 12 weeks. That's Mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. You go through so many things that I'm Mm -hmm. only, I'm only now in the last six months to a year starting to learn about nervous system regulation. Yeah. And I'm like, where was this 10 years ago? Where was this 25 years ago? Why are Mm -hmm. people talking about this? Like, Mm -hmm. huge missing link for so many people in their healing. Right, right. It is. And like you, I wish I had had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember I, after I left, my body was shaking yes. for weeks. Yes. And I had no idea what was going on. I remember wondering if I was sick or, you know, and so we, but then there's always room. There's always room in the crisis groups for, okay, something is happening that's, that yes. is, really important pending it is at hand and we can put some things aside to listen to one of the women talk about something that happened this week where she needs guidance or she wants to hear from other people and so we that's the these are the only groups where we leave room for that in the the deconstruction groups we kind of stay on task and in in the DBT groups for teens, Rochelle stays on task. But these are these are special, very very special. So if you're listening right now and you're part of Held and Healed, I do a monthly what I call podcast study. And if you mm. just go into the search feature of the group or the little magnifying glasses and you type in October podcast study, there is a basic introduction to nervous system regulation and nice. a couple of um, our dear friends we. Megan and I both love Luke and Lauren Smallcomb. Mm-hmm. And we we feature their podcast episode, one that I did, and then a bunch of my favorite resources of mental health professionals that are mm-hmm. on social media. So if you just go into the group, there are so many resources in that group. Mm-hmm. I there's just not enough time in the day to see it all, but you can use the search engine <laughs> and just search a specific coding on a specific topic. If you are needing this um, type of a group now, you don't have to wait for Honor Project Movement to have an opening. You can just go to Megan's website and see when her next groups are beginning. So mm-hmm. we can we can help three ladies at a time, but we know there are hundreds of women that need this. Right. So it's still, even without Honor Project Movement helping, it's still going to be way more um, affordable. Yes than, um, yeah, most opportunities like this. So please, if you're mm-hmm. in crisis right now and you need help, reach out to me, reach out to Megan, and we'll try to put you on the path to what is starting next, what's available next. And I personally, I require that the payment for these groups is already uh, raised before we ever say we have this opening because I do not ever want to tell people mm-hmm. we're, re- we're ready for them and then put them on hold. So I'm hoping that sometime in mid, mid-January, mid um, the beginning of February, that the next Honor Project movement one will get started. But anyway, so you cover all these different topics. Do you, mm-hmm. on, on your website, um, is there a specific tab for the DV crisis response groups? Yes. Okay. So what I'm doing, I'm going to pull it up right now. So okay. our website is mountaincitychristiancounseling.com. And as soon as you pull it up, you can go to, uh, you hover over, our processing groups. Okay. And you can click on, there's the, 
the teen groups, which were adding the crisis groups for teens in January, or the crisis therapy groups for DV. And the crisis DV groups, if you click on that, um, you can see my heart there, and then you can click um, on the link down below that says join DV groups now. We right. ask for the first payment up front, sort of like a down payment. Yes. It's very it's $30, which is really great for a whole hour. Absolutely. Um, right. And um and if we if we see the need, if there are enough women who are interested, we have room in our schedule. Um so even though we're starting around tomorrow, we could very easily start another round in January. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we, I've done a lot of digging into what it costs one-on-one. So mm-hmm. um, just for perspective, people who are doing one-on-one sessions are going to charge anywhere from 60 to 150 plus for a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes, $30 a session times four a month is still a chunk of change. We get that. We understand mm-hmm. that. But it is much more reasonable. I use the word reasonable instead of affordable. <laughs> because if you don't have $5, you don't have $5, right? Right, right. But this is one of those things. I am, not, I am not a fan of going into debt. I'm not a fan of borrowing money. But this mm-hmm. is one thing I would say, if you need to borrow money for this, do it. Yeah. And so I say beg, barter, or borrow. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other thing. Don't be afraid to beg, barter, or borrow for to get these resources so you can get this help. <laughs> right. I love that. Well, and the other thing is we get asked, I don't know, once or twice a week, it's ramping up now. We get asked, you know, does Mountain City Christian Counseling know of a counselor who's a pastoral counselor, which means that we can counsel in states outside of our own, um, who is Christian or spiritual, who does these trauma modalities, who's trauma informed and who is, (laughs) who understands domestic violence. Like, no, we know maybe three people and those people are kind of really big names. Yes. (laughs) And you're, you're looking at more like, oh gosh, you know, closer to $200 a session, you know, like easy. And and most of the time it's required that you buy a package. So you're looking at 500 to a thousand dollars a pop. So, Mm -hmm. so yes, this is, this is incredible. And of course I have people asking me all the time about free counseling and I'm like, okay, folks, listen, Mm. these people have to pay their bills. These people have put their blood, their sweat, their tears Mm -hmm. into getting the training. A lot of times Mm -hmm. having to relive their own trauma as they get the training. So they are worthy of their hire. So, um, Mm -hmm. I know, I know that if you don't have the money, you don't have the money, but this is something that I say is worth Mm -hmm. going out and finding, selling things on Facebook or marketplace. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I trust me, I know what it is like to pinch pennies. I get it. And Megan's situation was way more dire than mine because she Mm. she had nothing when she came back to the States. I Mm. have kept a roof over my head this whole time, which thank you, Jesus, for that. Right. I did not leave my home in this process. And Mm. but yeah, so this is something I feel so strongly about, like Mm -hmm. borrow, Mm -hmm. borrow. I do not say steal. Um, (laughs) stealing. Right. We've had, we've had, yes, don't steal. (laughs) Yeah, don't steal. We're not, we're not encouraging that, but make this a priority for yourself and your kiddos. Like Mm -hmm. if there's one thing I would borrow thousands of dollars for right now, if my kids decided they were ready, you know, Mm 
right to get, to get therapy I wouldn't blink I wouldn't think twice I would borrow the money if I had to so that's well just and my you know we've had I love your passion I'm, <laughs> I'm right there with you because you and I have tweaked this Yes. To make it so possible. Yes. We're not bringing in a huge profit or no. anything like that. This is out of, you know, just we, we, you and I have a heart for this. This is yes. our life's calling, our life's work. And right. um, we've had, we have had clients who have been sponsored. Maybe you go to your pastor and your pastor is yes. clearly not trauma informed. Yes. Well, the church might put forward $120 or is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. $120 a month for three months for you yeah. to, to yeah. join one of these groups or for your kids to join the groups. And quite honestly, that's a great way to test whether they're a safe church or not. <laughs> I like you it. Know, because I remember at one particular point of crisis, we were, we were given the opportunity to go out of state Mm-hmm. To work with some couple, one of those, you know, we'll fix you in a week kind of programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the church was offering to send us. And I was not trauma-informed or abuse-informed yet, but something mm-hmm. in my spirit checked. And I mm-hmm. had, I had endured decades of really bad, quote-unquote, biblical counseling. And I had just mm-hmm. had it. I had just yeah. had it. And so I simply said, hey, whatever you guys were willing to invest in that program, would mm-hmm. you invest in us getting licensed counseling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here was the response. This will really make your blood boil. Yeah. This was the response. Well, we took it back to the leaders at the church and they mm-hmm. said that if you can afford to go on mission trips, then you can afford to pay for your own counseling. Wow. <laughs> wow. I was like, what the actual heck does one have to do with the other? Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I was like, if your money or your whatever that you offered, I didn't ask for. Yeah. If it comes with strings attached, ah, keep your money. Keep your money. Right. Right. Isn't that that crazy? That it's crazy to me (laughs) because that's what the church is here for. We are supposed to be Mm. bringing soul healing to each other. And it's not. And I would do fundraisers to go on a missions trip. And at that point, I didn't understand. I could ask people to help me with counseling. But I was like, what do those two things even have to do with each other? Yeah. No, that was that. They dropped the ball. Major, major red flag. Like run, run now, run now. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they only allow, and the word allow should be in quote marks, right? If Mm -hmm. they only allow in-house counsel or people that they have handpicked that probably have not an iota. Mm-hmm. of training in abuse, trauma, nervous system regulation, et cetera. Just no. And of course, yeah. at that time, they were p- putting us together, which is a big right. fat no. So yes. We can't say that enough, can we? We can't. If, yeah. if your marriage is abusive, do not go to marriage counseling. Unwise, unsafe, unethical. I have to say that often because yes. that is so important for people to hear. So, yes. Yes, oh I my agree. gosh. Wow. I mean, 100%. Isn't it just, isn't mm-hmm. it just amazing that we're still here? It is. It's, it's quite miraculous. And it's, it it's miraculous that we still believe in God yeah. also after all of the things, you know, hearing this was spiritual abuse. This was trauma that happened to you Absolutely. in that church. And it just infuriates me because again, that's not the heart of the father. That is not the heart of the father. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and I agree. If, if they only allow you allow again, yes, um, <laughs> exactly. to do that in-house counseling that's that's no bueno so you um you were talking about nervous system regulation i'm 100 on board um 
listen to your bodies. If you go to church and you ask a pastor um, or you talk about counseling and or you get into a counseling situation and your body feels like it's revolting, there's a reason for that. Do not ignore that. Mm. That is your soul, your body communicating to you unsafe. This is unsafe. And then and then find somebody else. You can leave counseling anytime you want to. Yes. You do not have to stay and you don't have to stay with a particular counselor if you don't feel safe. Yeah. Well, here's a good question for you. We didn't talk about this, but I think you'll be able to handle this. So how do we know the, how do we know the difference between I'm with someone who's unsafe versus this is really hard and I'm not sure I want to do this. <laughs> right. Yes. How, that's do, we, such a good how question. do we know the difference? Because many of us have been in counseling sessions and we have begun to have these physical responses because trauma is being pulled up. Yeah. But there's a really big difference between this is hard work. It's time to dig in and my counselor's unsafe. So how, how can we maybe distinguish those differences? Mm, I, like I don't this. know. That's a big question. <laughs> I like this so much. No, it is a big question and I could go in so many different directions, <laughs> but for the sake of brevity, um, I really like John Kabat-Zinn's work um, about keeping one foot on the board. So if you imagine, so apparently in surfboarding, which I've never done, but <laughs> I've read his articles. (laughs) Um, You have to keep one foot on the surfboard anchored, usually anchored with the other foot in the water and your eyes forward. And the reason I like this is because it brings up this concept of dual awareness. So what that means is we're aware of what our body is saying to us or what's going on on the inside. But we're also aware of what's going on surrounding the people on the outside of us. So we have the dual awareness of internal awareness and external awareness. Mm. And that's something that, you know, you can work with a counselor on. But if there is, if you're, if you are tuned in and you have your eyes looking forward and you are aware of what's happening outside of you, um, if you sense or hear things from a counselor or a therapist that feel unsafe, you'll be able to take that in, check in with yourself and say, nope, nope, not good. But we don't always have that type of dual awareness. Sometimes our pain overrides anything that's happening on the outside. And all we can focus on is our internal pain. But, but what, what might happen in an unsafe situation is the counselor expects you to go full on. Yeah total instant vulnerability from the get-go and may ask probing questions and you may start to feel uncomfortable. Maybe the counselor begins to quote Bible verses at you or make you feel like you are sinning Mm. um, and that maybe the depression or the pain or the abuse is actually your fault. Mm -hmm. A really good counselor who is trauma-informed will allow your beautiful, precious inner story in your time on your own and will hold sacred hands because they are sacred. You are a child of God. You have the of a child of God created mm. in God's image, stamped by the spirit. We are accountable to God for what our, for how we manage the vulnerabilities of our clients. There's no judgment. There's no shame. 
Wow. You will never hear that from one of us at Mountain City Christian Counseling, right? And you will feel safe. Wow. So, right. If you walk away from a session and say, wow, I kind of feel worse than Mm -hmm. I did going in, listen to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the hard work of counseling that you described, that is very, very real. Um, One of my clients even said to me, kind of feels like I'm coming for a root canal, (laughs) (laughs) which is you know, accurate, but also, you know, she, she's willing to do the work because feeling feelings is so hard. Feeling the betrayal, feeling the rejection, letting that come to the surface and start moving rather than stuffing it in is, is painful. It is vulnerable and it feels risky. Mm. Again, give a counselor 3% of your story and watch how that person there you go holds yeah. it and yeah. then if you feel safe maybe give five percent yeah. instant intimacy is a red flag wow yeah we we refer to it sometimes as a pearl just give them a tiny pearl okay i like and, that and yeah see, and see how they respond with you know just the reference mm-hmm. of the body the, the word of god saying you know don't throw your pearls before the swine so Right. In any type of relationship, just testing it with a little tiny thing, watching their facial expressions, their body, mm-hmm. their tone. If, like you said, if they start quoting you scripture and throwing out words like forgiveness and bitterness. And mm-hmm. um, I had a group of people here one night talking about some things and she just looked across the room. This woman just looked across the room and she's like, you're just so skeptical. And I'm like, well, um, yeah, maybe you, know, you are. Like, and I, I, I'm done. A good I'm, reason. Just, I'm mm-hmm. not going to share anymore my story with this particular person, you know, right. and my statement was simply just because someone stands on a stage in a church on Sunday morning does not mean they're a good human being. That's all I said. Yeah, that's and right. That's and that's true. And that's absolute truth. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's like, absolute truth. If mm-hmm. you walked even, uh, you know, a quarter of a mile mm-hmm. in my shoes, like you, you would just know that I am speaking from experience here and I'm, yes. not, just, I'm not just pulling this out of the air, people. Right. And, so. and further, um, there are some people who want to be addicted to the narrative and that is a very one dimensional yeah. place to yeah. be. Your type of love, Heather, gets creative and good counseling is creative because that's who Jesus was. Yes. And I find so many of these people that are quick to throw these things out have their own because I, I know she's got her own trauma. She's got her own story, but they've never dealt with it and they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Do it. Right. And so it's easier. It's just so much easier to judge those of us who are working our tails off. Yes. To get better. It's yes. Just, it's easier to just judge those people than to deal with your own. Oh my goodness. And that brings up another good point. When you're looking for a counselor, have they done their work? Yeah. Yeah. Do they go to counseling? Yeah. Are they, do they have accountability for their, what they may be projecting on others or avoiding? Absolutely. And it doesn't mean they have to go every single week, but they need to have somebody they check in with periodically after, after they've done that deeper, deeper soul Yes, work. absolutely. And if there mm-hmm. is, if there is a, um, a pride or an arrogance and a haughtiness to say, no, I don't need that, then run, 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 run fast, fast, because something I've come to realize and understand as shocking as it is, is there are a lot of people in the mental health professional that are full blown abusers and narcissists mm-hmm. because it's all about power and control. And where are yes. you going to get more power and control than in a counseling setting? That's right. That's because so you've got people pouring their hearts out to you. Mm-hmm. So 
be aware of that. Be smart about that, that some mm-hmm. of these people that are in this profession are not safe human beings to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you knew about their marriage or you knew about their parenting or you knew about how they treat people at the grocery store, mm-hmm. <laughs> you wouldn't be paying yeah. them for a session. So that's such a good point. Such a good point. And there's also a, an element of humility, I think, in good counselors, And that's sort of the idea that we can say, okay, that didn't work or I was wrong. Yes. And, and I, or just even being able to apologize for maybe something that triggered your client. And those are important things to look for also. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, the the knowledge that we can be very wrong. We are not experts on our clients. They are experts on who they are. Absolutely. And just that, like you said, humility, the teachable spirit, like, can Mm -hmm. you give, can you give your counselor resources and Mm -hmm. will they, will they go? Because that's, you know, a group like Held and Healed, we have dozens, dozens of licensed therapists inside that group. Mm -hmm. They do Mm -hmm. not self-promote. I don't allow self-promotion because Mm -hmm. I don't know them. I don't know them, (laughs) Um, but they come there to learn. They come there to soak up the resources. And Mm -hmm. that tells me so much about who they are. Right. Right. Exactly. They're not pretending to have all the answers. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I just mm-hmm. appreciate the ones who come there and just kind of hang out and mm-hmm. from a distance and don't tell people that they have all the answers. And mm. Well, I want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you a counselor therapist secret. Please. <laughs> um, <laughs> I um, was once talking to a, a physician in the hospital where I used to be a chaplain And we were just talking, I was sharing my story. And he said to me, when you talk, it kind of makes me wonder if all counselors and therapists had trauma in their past and worked through it. And I said, every single one of them, hopefully. Every Every single single one of them had it, whether or not they worked through it is the question. (laughs) Right, right. Hopefully they have. If they're good, they have. Yes. Um, And then absolutely, it's not mm -hmm. something you just wake up one day and you're like, "Yeah, I'd like to do this for the rest of my life for no no other reason." (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. and there are, and those are the ones we want to stay away from because that's an imbalance of power there. So a person might choose counseling because they have this unhealthy need to be important to be heard to have the wisdom to be the the one that everyone follows or to you know to to keep that imbalance of power and at, we always say at Mountain City Christian Counseling our job is for you to put us out of a job yes Hopefully, yes you know, yes yes a good counselor wants to work themselves out of yes mm-hmm. the need for you like you just want to have um check-ins you don't want them to be dependent upon you forever it's not right for you or for them no no So, in the last couple minutes let's just chat a little bit about this whole concept of you are called mountain city christian counseling which for some people Mm -hmm. give them the heebie-jeebies because we have had horrific amounts of spiritual abuse but i feel comfortable sending my people your way because Mm -hmm. i know you get that i know that you understand that and even held and healed. It's Christian women rebuilding after abuse, but we welcome people who are wrestling. They are absolutely not sure who God is because Mm -hmm. he's been misrepresented and the spiritual abuse and all the things. So just a couple of thoughts about the whole whole process of how you came back and you found who he really was versus Mm -hmm. who you thought he was. 
Absolutely. So, you know, I, I mentioned I started my deconstruction process in 2011. I didn't have language for it at all at right. the time. Um, and we, we are called Christian counseling. I thought about Mountain City pastoral counseling, um, but it didn't flow <laughs> quite as well as MCCC. We can just say MCCC. Well, and pastoral can be super triggering too. So Exactly. <laughs> but I am. Yeah. That is my qualification. Yes. That was my master's degree. So I do have to keep that in there. Um, at the same time, we have had women come to us and say, well, I, I just don't know if I trust you because, right. and of course, that makes total sense that, that yeah. you may not trust us because of our name. Right. Um, at the same time, you know, and, and honestly, with all of us on staff, we have, we're not all in the same place either. We have different uh, Leben, where we come from as far as our spirituality. Um, I will say we don't feel a need to insert anything into our clients yes. because God doesn't need us to do that. Yeah. Um, and we don't, so we come from a, a place where God is doing God's work in mm-hmm. our clients. And that's, we want to be very careful not to meddle in that. So we will bring perspectives. We will bring new ideas in our spiritual processing group. Um, For example, we give fresh words to concepts. um, We'll say table fellowship or materiality. We have words that we've kind of even made up as we've done our studies in theology. Um, But we are not going to tell anybody what to believe. Yeah, That's for sure. That's not our job. That's, uh, that's not really anybody's job. Amen. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we will present deconstruction material and typically what, what we hear back is, wow, that I feel whole or I feel like that is what I have felt all along, but nobody ever gave me a chance to ask questions, we can ask God questions and be very confident. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we, we are very hands off that as far as what other people believe, but we get it. We get it. We've all been there. Mm. Yeah. I love it. And like I said, that's why I feel safe referring people because I know you're not going to shove anything down their throats. Oh my goodness. No, that would be re-traumatizing. And I I look for practitioners like you and the small combs who have a Mm -hmm. solid biblical uh, foundation mixed with the understanding of the brain body connection (laughs) Mm -hmm. mixed with your mixed with your own personal experience. Like that's the trifecta right there. I love that. And we, we have actually, when I talked about nervous system regulation with the small combs, we recorded it and it's on my website too, for people if they want to go look at that. They are amazing practitioners. They, again, they've got it all. They're the total package. They are amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I will grab that link and add that to our podcast study because that would be great. Oh, good. To have another, another link for people because this is a huge topic, huge topic. So why don't mm-hmm. we end up, why don't you tell me like your top two or three favorite ways that you like to regulate your nervous system? That I like to regulate yes. it? Okay. Well, my top all-time favorite that I think <laughs> everybody needs is self-compassion. 
And that's, I talk a lot about that. Um, we did a fawn conference um, and talked a lot about self-compassion. I think we, we're just going to have to bite the bullet and do another whole conference thing on self-compassion. Maybe a workshop that's recorded that we can buy later too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when I become triggered, mm-hmm. uh, typically I notice in my body that my heart is racing, my hands become fists. Mm. Um, I don't know why, maybe I have no idea why that is, but I know that those are the signs that I am completely dysregulated. I become irritable. Maybe I want to snap at somebody. Um, my head feels kind of like it's on fire. Like I've had too much caffeine. Those are my signals Mm. that I am very dysregulated, probably in some sort of fight or flight response in that mid part, my sympathetic nervous system Mm. is. And so when I remember, <laughs> and that's the, that's the, the whole trick is to remember right. what works for me. Right. When I remember self-compassion, I always put my hand on my heart, skin to skin. Mm. And I start saying things to myself such as, of course I feel this way. Mm. This is very triggering. Wow. This reminds me of thus and such that happened and whatever. And, or I might say it makes so much sense that I feel this way. And I start to care for my own nervous system out loud. And I may say I'm human. Mm. So I'm going to have these kinds of responses. And before I know it, wow, everything has slowed down. Wow. So that's, that's my top, top, top favorite. And then the other one is, um, You know, a lot of people talk about deep breathing and box breathing. And I've recently learned that before we just start controlling our breath to regulate our nervous system, we might think about one about just getting curious about what our breath is communicating to us. Um, And that's a different concept. Maybe I'm I'm rapid breathing because I've been triggered. Okay, I'm going to stop and say and notice. And then know what's going on and then what do I need? And so that's a formula we talk about a lot in crisis groups. Notice, no need. Wow. And just bringing it back to that awareness. I love it so much. This is, <laughs> this is such practical things that we can do in the moment. A lot of times if we're, if we're in public, we may need to go to like a restroom or something to be alone. Yeah. Um, but you can in your home, if you're alone, in your car, if you're alone, in public, you can mm-hmm. get to a place where you're alone. And within moments, within mm-hmm. minutes, you can calm yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is what a good practitioner will teach their clients mm-hmm. to do. <laughs> right. Yes. Thank you for being a good practitioner. Thank <laughs> you for giving people tools in their tool belt. And and wanting people to have, you know, success to be able to do this without having you on speed dial. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Again, our job is to give you the tools so yes. you can take care of yourself. Yes. Yes. And so, Heather, it has been oh, thank absolute you so joy. Much. Tell everybody again where to find you. Uh, MountainCityChristianCounseling.com or you can email my amazing assistant, Julie, at MountainCityChristianCounseling.com. Wonderful. Well, it is a joy, a privilege, and an honor to partner with you and to be in the front lines of the battle with you. And I can't thank you enough for what you invested in to give her wing, mm-hmm. which has brought so many people to a place <laughs> 
healing and awareness and the, mm. the ripple effects, throwing the stone into the water and then mm. watching the ripple effects of all the people that that is <laughs> and will continue to help. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, it's thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you and everything that you do, Heather, you are an absolute gem and it's been an honor today. Blessings. And thank you to our listeners for listening. We pray that this has encouraged you and given you some hope and some practical application. As always, you can find me at heatherelizabeth.org and on Facebook at Heldenfield Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. So blessings, and we pray that you will feel held even as you are being healed.